Sorry, yeah, the Santa Cruz. Yeah. When is that again? That's actually April 22nd and 23rd. Not sure when the adults Oh, shit, are next weekend, bro. Oh, yeah. shit. Dude, I might have to make a trip out there to cheer you on. Yeah. But the I'm only gonna, thing right I'm now, gonna, I'm, the only thing, I'm, the only issue I'm running with right now is the approval from the IBJJF, because this is actually the first time I'm registering and I kind of registered late. Oh, you have to get your brown belt card, right? Correct. So uh, I remember doing, I remember having to go through that. <laughs> so long story short, I am considered 10th planet San Mateo right now. Oh, really? Even though you haven't just, trained there in like a minute? Just kind of, uh, just to get the ball rolling. Oh, okay. You know just, to, just to get, get in the door like to quick. be recognized by a sanctioned body. I hear you. Correct. I hear you. But how's training been otherwise besides all the administrative bullshit? You've, good, uh, man. Think, um, feeling good? I feel good. I was doing a lot more, again, more stand up because that's kind of like my weak area. But uh, what's great is my training partner is really good about kind of, we're, we're good at matching our, our pace. So, you know, we're not trying to hurt each other. Everyone's trying to make sure everyone's good before the competition. So hopefully that's good. I'll be able to compete. Man, that's awesome. That's awesome. You, um, how many days a week? Or, I mean, I know you're a busy guy, you know, you have your own business, you have the kids. Yeah. Um, how many days a week are you able to train? Yeah. That's Not to like, you know, open up a trade secrets, but like, yeah. and I, I ask this because I want it to be encouraging to other people who feel like, you know, Oh, I'm not putting in enough time. Like, you know, so like how many days a week do you feel like you're, you're able to get in some good training? I'm guaranteed two, but you know, should be probably getting in there at least like four times a week, but you know, life happens. And, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I think it's also, it also depends on your mindset going into the training session as well as kind of your goals. So if you're like me and you're a dad and you're trying to get the ball rolling in, in competition mode, um, you just got to take what you can get and make the best out of every training session. You know, I, I try to learn the technique that, that they're teaching at the time and see if it kind of fits into my game. And if, if it does, then I'm going to go ahead and try it in our, our live roles. But if it's something I'm not super interested in, something I can't really, you know, get right away, I'll just practice some other stuff during my live roles. But uh, yeah, just trying to stay on top a lot and uh, also working out of bad position. So I'll, you know, I'll start in a really bad position, whether it's like dudes on my back or I'm, I'm mounted or whatnot. But those are the type of rounds you really need is when you're in that, those really bad situations and you're tired. And um, that's, you know, that's how I kind of fast track my training. Hopefully 
uh, it works. <laughs> I don't know. Everyone's different. Well, so, well, Sean, I think you you pointed out something that's super important because I think there are those who think about getting into competition and they worry that they're not able to get the volume of training that they need. Mm-hmm. But what you are talking about is that you're talking about, you know, being able to go twice a week, but trying to milk and squeeze as much as you can in those two times a week, having specific goals and a specific plan every training session. And you're still going to be able to see improvement from that, even if you're not in there five days a week. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. You're able to get the most of what you can from the two sessions that you're training and you're still going to see improvement. And let's be honest, you're like 99% of other jujitsu practitioners out there. You're not a professional athlete. You're not a professional competitor. So you're, you've put your mind into getting the most out of every session that you can, even if it's only the two sessions a week. And I think that's great. And I think that's an important lesson that a lot of us, uh, hobbyists can take, you know, thinking, ah, you know, I'm only able to do this much. I should be in there five days a week. It's not worth it to kind of, you know, aim for a competition goal or whatnot. But I think I, I, you know, you have a lot of experience and so you're able to kind of guide yourself through those rough patches as well. So good for you, Sean. I think that's a, I think that's an important thing that a, a lot of us, uh, hobbyists have to remember. It's just, okay, if you can only get it in two or three days a week, then really plan that session out and really be disciplined about what you're trying to accomplish each, each session. And in that way, you're, you're getting the most out of it and you don't have to worry about trying to train for 20 hours a week, yeah. <laughs> which Agreed. none of us are doing. <laughs> How's training for you, so man? Good for you. Training is good. You know, um, I was in jujitsu today and got to work a little bit with this young uh, blue belt named Mateus. Shout out Mateus, one of our teammates over at Kahala Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Shout out. Uh, I remember uh, thinking, like, okay, it's a blue belt, so I'm not going to go crazy. And I remember trying certain moves on him and he was super slick and had really good instincts. And I had to remind myself, you know, this kid is only uh, 19 years old. He's a blue belt, but he has been training since he was tiny. I think, I think he was been training since he was maybe like 10 or eight or 10 years old. So he has the instincts of somebody who's like, a lot better than a blue belt. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But age wise, he could only be a blue belt (laughs) because he just turned into an adult. So I was just like, Oh man, this was like, okay, I have to stop beating myself up because he may, he's a young guy. He may not have the, like the adult strength, but his muscles are tuned to jujitsu movements since he's been doing it since a little kid. So So rolling with him, it was just like, Oh, it's like, you know, you're much, you're moving at a, a level that's higher than an average blue belt. That's my, that's yeah. my opinion of it. So nice kid. Um, so shout out again. Good job today, Mateus, making this old man feel all the 45 years. <laughs> oh <my it>. God. <laughs> but yeah, so training has been good. Um, I've been also trying to, uh, uh, loosen up my legs, start getting back into more of my hop keto style kicks. So working hey. on my spinning kicks, working on my ax kicks, my hamstrings hate me, <laughs> but I'm sure they'll thank me later on, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> but well, I'll keep you up to date once I see improvement right now, it's just still a work in progress. Just still trying to get the feel back for these, these kicks that I used to do in my 
mid-20s that my heyday (laughs) and um so but also in other news um in the first two weeks of may i'm going to be in bangkok thailand with uh our omega martial arts fighter matt cox who is who has joined uh who won a spot on team usa we're going to be at the ifma world games that's the international federation of muay thai associations so the countries from around the world will be converging on on bangkok a tournament muay thai tournament style uh so i'm i'm, I'm volunteered to be an assistant coach for team usa so i'll be Dude, i'll be working for two weeks that's so <laughs> sick so um also coach armando's coming out with us he's bringing his family too so it's gonna be it's gonna be a cool time uh looking forward to learning a lot from the other coaches and to experience um some high level international muay thai at this tournament and hopefully uh on may 5th i'll get a chance to go to uh lumpini stadium because our friend uh thai shout shout out thai Thai. is gonna be fighting that night at lumpini so uh i believe on a i think it's a one lumpini card so uh so that's, that's in the, so the past couple of days have been a lot of me, uh, planning, booking hotels, buying flights, and then, you know, trying to, uh, learn some useful Thai phrases. So, um, all of our listeners, <laughs> like, what? If, like what? If, well, no, you know, like okay. the basic stuff, <laughs> like, like uh, I, I couldn't even remember, like, where's the toilet? Okay. Uh, where's, you know, the hotel, um, <laughs> Can you so, ask, can you ask what, li- can you find out how to say, what kind of toolbox do you have? <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll start <laughs> studying right now, but, uh, hey, guys hit me up on my social media, Instagram, Hopkey one. Let me know if there are any, uh, Thai shows on Netflix that you recommend. Any of you guys who watch like Thai programming on Netflix, Very I want to, I, I know I'm not going to learn Thai in like two weeks or two or three weeks, you could. but I just want to get, no, I can't, but I just want to get used to hearing the sounds and then inflection points of, of Thai words. So that it doesn't sound so, I don't feel so lost. You know, I, I gotta be honest, uh, Sean, I think there was a part of me that almost talked myself out of doing this trip. Yeah. Not Why? just because of the cost. Well, not just because of the cost. Um, and not just because I felt bad for, uh, leaving master Kong for two weeks over at Hapkid USA. Mm-hmm. Um, but he said, but shout out to master Kong shout like, out. when he, when he told me when, when I talked to him about it, he said, Hey, if you can go to just do it and then I'll figure it out over here at this end. So thank you so much, master Kong. I appreciate you so much. Uh, but you know, there's a little bit of this travel anxiety that I go through every mm. time with any trip yeah. and it doesn't even have to be an international trip <clears throat> for me, Sean. Yeah. I could be going on a trip to, LA and I'll have this kind of weird anxiety about getting lost and not knowing anybody. And just like, I'm, I, I don't think I'm wired for wanderlust. If you know what I mean? I have like, I have friends that love traveling. And so I admire that. So I'm, I'm trying to break out of my comfort zone and just went like head on into this. And I'm, and I'm now that I bought the ticket rooms are booked you know, planning it out. Oh, I'm, I'm starting so to get official? excited. So it's a hundred percent. Oh, official. dude, I, I've, uh, yeah. Like I, the, the, I'm, uh, you're ready. Uh, I've, I've, uh, what do you call it? I've sunk in the cost. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going, um, 
So I'm, um, so now that all of that is official, uh, now I'm getting excited. Now I'm getting really pumped up for this and I can't wait. And I'm excited to meet all the athletes again, meet all the coaches and just, you know, be exposed to the Thai culture where I happen to be. Speaking of Team USA, some notables that I, I saw an old photo of Team USA and shout out to Mark Tabuso and Evan Esquera, some uh, Team mm. USA originals. Yeah, yeah. Were they, were, uh, oh yeah, they did the IFMA games, didn't they? they? I think they did, yeah. That was like yeah, way back, man. way back. Yeah, yeah. Like There's like a, uh, some of the, a lot of Bay Area folks were on those inaugural yeah. teams. That went, went really to Thailand. Cool. So really cool stuff. Yeah, it, it's it's really it's great hearing stories from them as well. So and I, and I'm super happy for Armando who's able to go because he was invited to the inaugural IFMA Games uh, back in I want to say I'm okay. I'm I hope I'm getting this right, but I think it was 2004. Wow. I think um, I think he was invited, but he took a different fight and. You know, and also because the cost was too high at that time. And so he kind of said to himself, I'll do it next year. But, you know, and then sometimes next year never comes. And yeah. then next year it turns into the following year, into the following year. So uh, it's, I guess, a, a lesson for all of us to jump on these opportunities oh, yeah. uh, when you present yourself. So I had to kind of, you know, I had to kind of smack myself, Sean, to let, not let, not talk myself out of these opportunities Dude, and just is so, you know, take them as they cool, come. It's such a cool opportunity though, man. This is like right up your alley. I'm very excited and I'm, yeah. and shout out to uh, Marcy Maxwell, who's been the liaison for team USA, uh, working super hard to onboard everybody. Um, the athletes, the coaches, their entourage. Uh, she has been just right on top of it. So thank you again, Marcy. We all appreciate your hard work and it's not over. It's not even over. <laughs> you know, we're not even in May yet. So we're going to keep, we're going to keep uh, trucking along. Yeah. Um, also make sure you come home with a, a wife. Okay. Just <laughs> a pen pal or something like that. Uh, you, know, I, you know, you have to experience the culture in as many ways as possible, yeah. I guess, Sean. So what are you saying? So what are you I'm going to work. I'm working on it, Sean. I'm working on it. I'm going to try. I'm going to try. Uh, is there anything in, uh, oh, you know, um, topic I wanted to get into today, Sean, before we jump into news yeah. is that, you know, we're going to talk about UFC 287 last weekend. Yeah. Uh, we saw one of the most, uh, emotional, uh, celebrations after a win, uh, that night. And, um, I was wondering if you, in your head, if you, if you remember in past MMA fights, what's the best celebration after when you've seen in MMA <laughs> and, and when I say celebration, it could also include taunts. Like yeah, what's yeah, the best yeah. taunt? Yeah. What's maybe the most fucked up taunt you've ever seen? <laughs> or what was one of the coolest things you've seen as a celebration um, in, you know, your <laughs> MMA fandom? Do you, anything come to mind? Yeah. The first one that comes to mind is Yoel Romero when he knocks out, uh, I think it was Luke Rockhold or something like that. He, oh, what did he do? So he knocks him out. He starts running around yelling and screaming and shit like that. Then he walks up to him and he tries to kiss him. <laughs> he tries to kiss him in the cheek or something like that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember that. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you can see Luke Rockhold's face. He's just like looking away. And then... Like, get the fuck away from me. Joel Romero is just... I don't know. He, he was just so fucking happy. And I think that that one is super exciting to me. And then I think the, um, 
probably the uh, Conor McGregor Khabib thing when Khabib jumped over the fence and went towards Dylan Dennis. <laughs> Does that count? Does that count as Kinda, a talk slash so celebration? I think that just remember, turned into a second he was, fight. <laughs> yeah. Remember because he was, um, after he choked out uh, Conor, Conor, like he was, you know, he was celebrating and then all of a sudden he looked mm-hmm. towards that way and then that's when he jumped over. That's Conor's kind of a point. taunt, right? Uh, I I I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you? It's just getting into another fight. I think one of the more heartwarming celebrations I remember is Jose Aldo after he knocked out Chad Mendez in oh, Brazil. Yeah. That was a good one. And then jumped the cage and went out into the crowd and was yeah. just like mobbed. And that was like a, a heartwarming one. One of the surprising celebrations that I wasn't expecting. It's not, he's not the only one to have done this, but it's one I wasn't expecting from him. And I forget the particular fight, but uh, Justin Gaethje doing a backflip off the top of the oh, cage. Yeah. And I'm just like, whoa, that guy could do a backflip. What about when he tried to do it? He tried to do a backflip. It ended up falling off the cage because he, he had slipped or something like that. Oh my God. I forgot about that. I which oh my God. That was, it's so great. I remember that. <laughs> Um, and I think one of the cooler taunts I've seen, it's classic, but the Tito Ortiz oh, yeah. drag the body, bury oh, it, yeah. like cover it up with the imaginary dirt, his little, his little thing, whenever he would get it finished. <laughs> um, uh, it's pretty cool. It's old school. It's pretty, pretty hard to replicate. I think yeah. there have been num- a number of fighters that have tried to do similar things, but, uh, but the original, it, it had, you know, Tito Ortiz may have like a black belt and douchebaggery, but I gotta (laughs) say that is a pretty cool taunt, a pretty cool celebration. So those are the ones that kind of come to mind right there. I, oh God, I want to see now, I want to watch that video of him, of Justin Gaethje slipping on the top of the cage. <laughs> What's worse, the, that almost falling off the cage or Tito Ortiz's flaming shorts? <laughs> you know what's worse? Remember, uh, who was it? Was it Johnny Walker that injured like his knee or oh, something doing, doing a worm. celebration? Yeah, his shoulder. Yeah, his shoulder. he did, a, did the worm and he, oh yeah, he injured his shoulder celebrating. That's terrible. Yeah. See, I understand there's so much emotion that goes into these things. Uh, but... Uh, please don't hurt yourselves celebrating, celebrating. the win, guys. <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, I forgot the name of the quarterback, but in, in the NFL, there's one quarterback. He ran in for a touchdown and he was so pumped up. He, with his helmet on, he headbutted like the goalpost <laughs> and he gave himself a concussion. Uh. <laughs> so awful, awful stuff. But shit, man. So, uh, you know, like think about that guys hit us up on our social media. Let us know if there's any particular uh, MMA celebrations and taunts that you're a big fan of, or that you thought was stupid or you thought was hilarious. Uh, tell us what, what, um, what moments we're missing. Yeah. Uh, and with that, let's jump into some, some quick news in MMA. You'll like this, Sean, that Nevada state athletic commission is looking to loosen cannabis regulations again <laughs> I, I don't know why they even fucking test for the shit still yeah yeah i mean it's just one of those things i think a lot of times regulatory bodies are a little behind on the culture they'll they'll get around to it you know what i mean they'll get around to it but i i think once this is loosened up especially in nevada a bunch of other states will follow 
So th- this is good news, right? I think so because it also gives the opportunity. I mean, Vegas is one of the one you know one of many cannabis meccas. My cousin actually works in the industry over there. And oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't yeah, know I that. Mean, about they, they have massive warehouses, massive everything in cannabis over there. They have massive dispensaries. So once they start lifting up all these regulations and it's okay to advertise and whatnot, I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden, you know how Logan Paul got that prime drink in there. There's going to be some sort of cannabis ointment, some sort of cannabis Mm -hmm. product that's going to be used at the PI and for healing and all that stuff. And it's just going to be more money for everybody. I mean, for those people. Well, it'll be money for the company. Hopefully it'll be also (laughs) money for the fighters, fighters. which has been like a, you know, I went on that little rant last week about it, but, but yeah, 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 that's a good point, Sean. And I didn't know that about Vegas. Um, in other news, uh, TJ Dillashaw, uh, former bantamweight champion, uh, confirmed his retirement and he revealed the reason why is because his recovery from his shoulder injury, um, is going to just be too arduous, too difficult. It'll be nearly impossible for him to be able to, to be all the way back. Um, famously in his previous fight, Sean, if you remember, like you could see his shoulder dislocation and just how it was just so bad. Um, and so he confirmed his retirement. Uh, and so end of era stuff. Uh, I don't know if we ever got to do this, but uh, do we? Did we do with uh, kind of a TJ Dillashaw yeah, uh, reminiscing did. thing? We did. did we? Okay. All I right. think we right. we talked highly about the whole the two brow fights and then uh, coming back. Oh, you're. You know, now that you mention it, yeah. you're right. <laughs> we did. I didn't. Yeah. I didn't remember. A little that. lackluster <laughs> for his retirement you know, announcement. It was hard, you know, stuff. an injury like that. I mean, yeah. it's kind of like you, you don't get to really leave on your terms. Uh, so it's a little rough, but you know, it's a hard sport. Combat sports is unforgiving. And so not everybody gets to kind of le- define the way they exit. Unfortunately, uh, Bare knuckle, in other nudes. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Uh, who, who knows if he, you know, he would even get, medical clearance to do any other combat Dude, all he needs is some, impact. some high testosterone and some steroids to help with that, that shoulder and <laughs> he's like he's he's right back where he needs to be or just fight overseas i don't think they care out there what fc <laughs> oh in other news uh amanda nunez is set to fight uh juliana pena for at ufc for 289 she for a third time she was actually expecting to fight uh uh, Aldana. However, oh. she says that she was, um, the UFC threatened to strip her of the title if she didn't agree to fight Pena. So here we are. Um, that's interesting. It's interesting. I think it's, it's kind of good in a sense that that's kind of what was missing in boxing. Okay. Right. Okay. Where in yeah. boxing, sometimes you didn't get to see the fights you wanted because the sanctioning bodies couldn't really force matchups. Whereas yeah, yeah. all these fighters are under contract to UFC, so the UFC can actually make these matchups happen. In a in a way, that's good. But I would, I think, I would have rather seen Nunes fight Aldana. I agree. <laughs> if I could be quite honest, if I could, be, if I could, so. But I mean, look, the UFC, it's their business. They get to call the shots on this type of thing, right here. Can I ask you uh, something? Anything? Can I ask yeah, you go for it. Go for that? it. Only because you know how at least at this point, the ranking system doesn't really mean shit in terms of, 
you know, championship fights or whatnot. This is true. This is true. So it's one of those things where we're, we're probably going to get into this later with the whole, you know, what's next for Izzy type thing where mm-hmm. there's not really anyone. Well, there is someone for Amanda Nunes to fight and Irene Aldana. It's just, why would they give Juliana Pena another fight if she lost so decisively that, you know, that, that second fight? Is this just like a money mm-hmm. play or did, did, did they need to like fill the card good, or is it, or is it because I there wonder, is nobody and maybe Irene Aldana is not ready? Maybe, you know, maybe for the super hardcore geek out fan, Aldana makes sense, mm-hmm. but Money-wise. I guess if you're trying to build a business and there's already a backstory with the one and one between Nunes and Juliana, uh, maybe this UFC feels like this is just an easier business uh, decision decision to make. You know what I'm saying? So maybe that's what's going on there. Uh, I'm I'm not too mad at it. I don't think, I don't think Nunes is getting fucked here. Uh, And I think Aldana will get her, her turn. Uh, It feels bad though, because sometimes, you know, fighters have a short shelf life. You make someone wait too long. Sometimes they miss their window. Yeah. So hopefully, uh, um, Aldana gets her shot before the year's out yeah. <laughs> is, is what I would say um, so uh, yeah so I mean it makes it, makes it interesting but I, I still am excited to see uh, Nunes and Pena do it again for the third time uh, once, it, once that rolls around it should be a good fight yeah. once it rolls around uh, guys you could count on us to try to break it down for you and call it wrong so you could blame us for losing <laughs> money when you bet on what we say <laughs> How about that uh, fight announcement, uh, Paulo Costa versus Kamzat Chemaev? Yeah, yeah. Would like before without going too deep into it. Who do you got? You know, I feel like Paulo Costa is—he's a big dude, man. I don't know. He is big. You think Hamzat could ragdoll him the way he's been doing for other guys? I don't think so. I really don't Mm. think so. I mean, he did ragdoll Kevin Holland, but that's kind of a different animal. But. Yeah, because Holland's not a big 185 or no, either. He's a skinny one. So, or, yeah, so. Holocaust packs a lot of power. Oh, but yeah, 170, or I guess I'm sorry. I'm going to put say. my money on Kamzat just for the hell of it, though. Because he has like a V in his last name. That, and I think. Because <laughs> his last name's Chemaev. I don't see him. I don't really see him outstriking uh, Paulo Costa, but I think if he does get him down, I think he can keep him down there. Okay. All right. And in other combat sports news, and this is something that got you excited, I guess. And some of my other friends, uh, Jake Paul versus Nate Diaz, August 5th in Dallas for an eight round match. Uh, who do you got? (laughs) It's a boxing, it's a boxing fight, by the way, folks, Queensberry boxing rules. Who do you got off the top of your head? I'm going without going too deep. I'm going Nate Diaz. Nate Diaz. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, we shall see. We shall see. Uh, I, I hope Nate does well, but it's again, <laughs> boxing is a different sport than MMA. So like, what are we doing here? <laughs> I can't wait to so, make the prediction as it gets close or if it even happens. So, Oh like, yeah, shit, man. Shit might happen as you go down. I know. As we get down to the wire, I get it. So let's go ahead and jump into last weekend's action. The big event was UFC 287 middleweight title fight between Alex Pereira and Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya wins performance of the night. He beats Alex Pereira by knockout in the second round. Sean, 
how did you see this fight unfold? Did it go the way you thought it would go? <laughs> Let's remind folks what we were saying last week. Yeah. Well, it definitely showed that Israel Adesanya was kind of in a different mind state. Second fight, he came out real serious. Uh, there was a lot of rumors around his hand being messed up or something like that. And there was just a lot of, a lot of people talking a lot of shit about, you know, Alex Pereira is going to, he's got his number and whatnot. You know, we predicted that he was going to win, a de- uh, Israel was going to win a decision and rightfully so, because I, I thought he just needed to tweak a couple of things, which he did. Uh, he looked a lot more comfortable on the feet. You know, he was still catching those, uh, those leg kicks and, you know, got him in a lot of trouble in that second round. But if, if I was like a judge, I would have given the first round to Israel and, you know, mm-hmm. Alex Pereira was just, you know, he's relentless. It was a striking, he was getting closer and closer. And, you know, part, part of me was, you know, I was streaming it obviously. So, uh, uh, I, <laughs> I, what's I got, I, you know, I didn't get to see it real time, but you know, when the knockout did happen, it was very, it was a really crazy, um, sequence where, uh, Alex Pereira did catch him with a uh, leg kick. You know, Israel says that he was, you know, playing a little bit of possum rope of dope. I'm not sure if I believe that. I think maybe he, um, you know, he planned B maybe, you know, there was a certain game plan that wasn't working out in that second round. And, uh, he was just like, man, if I'm, you know, I have to kind of stick to my gun. So I'm going to go plan B, get him closer to me, play a little bit of possum. Even if I have to take a couple of shots and I'm just going to counter. And that's what happened. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Alex Perra, man, like when he went down, uh, that first shot, it, it was, you know, it was kind of a glancer. And then I think maybe it knocked off his equilibrium, but he came, uh, Israel came down with that other, uh, same shot right after it and uh, put him down. Yeah, it was it two was right hit. overhands. Yeah. It, was, it was two overhand rights. If you look back in some of their past kickboxing fights, Israel Adesanya had success with that same, same punch thing, on yeah. Alex a number of times. And so it looked like he was going to draw back to that, pulling him in and then countering with that right. Uh, what did you think of the the celebration afterwards there's caused a little bit of discussion <laughs> in the in the internet verse so he did the the, the three arrow like you know pantomiming shooting <laughs> arrows at the body yeah. of alex i was lying there okay that's you know what that's i think that's par for the course yeah but i think the controversy happened when israel pointed at alex's um, middle school age son in the crowd and then uh just collapsed as if to recreate his dad getting knocked out right in front of him while, yeah. and the, you know, this video of like Alex's son, like freaking sobbing at cage side, you know, <laughs> because he saw his dad getting fucking knocked out. Uh, what'd you think of that, Sean? I mean, it's all fair game to me. I mean, ah, yeah, for a kid, he's doing, yeah, bad, I mean, you're taunting a kid. You're you taunting know, a kid, Sean. Is he, really? Is he said that, you know, like, is he, you know, when he got knocked out, his, you know, his son was doing, I'm sure that didn't feel good. Yeah. But that kid time, was like six years old I, when that I, happened. And now it's like six years later is he's like holding on to that. And like, I'm going to taunt a middle school, like a 12 year old. You know, it's it all, just, it, it seemed as, really, it, it seemed really dickheaded. I'm just going to say that I'm as gonna long say, as I'm he's gonna, not, gonna, as long as he's not physically or like, or verbally abusing the kid, I think he's good. But I mean, is he's going to do Izzy things? And I, I feel like you know he's one of the UFC's premier stars, aside from Connor. So he's he's pretty much the guy that's going to carry a bunch of this stuff. So you know his social media is on par. Like I think even past, uh, 
John Jones, as far as like followers goes. And, you know, after this fight, like he went viral again, like all. Wait, Sean, Sean, I'm going to cut you off a little bit. So you're saying if you have enough popularity, you should be allowed to taunt a child. Not at all, but <laughs> he, he does outlandish Sean, things anyway. Steph Curry won the finals last year in Boston. He didn't go up to Jason Tatum's <laughs> five-year-old kid and like, you know, yeah, and yell at I him. Know. <laughs> you know, since the fight came, I guess, you know, they get, they take it a little, it's all. <laughs> It's all fun and games, I guess, for those guys, but you know, this is what he has, this is what he has to do to, you know, get that, that legacy status and to get that goat status and get to, does he, does he really, does he really have to taunt a kid to get to the goat status? No, I think that was just a consolation. I mean, even if you look at the antics that, you know, with the whole arrow thing, like how do you, did you come into the ring preconceived and say, Hey, if I win this fight, I'm going to start shooting arrows at him and I'm going to taunt his Yeah. Kid. Well, that's fine because yeah. that's, you know, that's emotion of the moment. Yeah. You just kind of overcome that. You've gotten rid of this albatross that's been hanging on to you for like a, a good portion of your career. You know, that, that makes sense. You know, the other stuff, I mean, look, all right. I understand MMA fighters, <laughs> you know, combat sports athletes are different. Yeah. You know, different they, breed. They're, you know, they. I think this oppositional defiancy disorder is kind of just a thing that's built into a lot of fighters. Yeah. But fucking leave the kids alone is what I'm saying. I'm just gonna stand on that. that I'll just man, leave it at that. Give that man a WWE leave, contract. <laughs> leave kids alone. But let's let's just run through some quick numbers right here, Sean. Yeah. Full fight total strikes landed. Alex Pereira 49. Izzy at 41. Pereira was landing at a pretty good clip, 58%, while uh, Izzy was at 43%. Yeah. Um, that's total strikes, significant strikes. Uh, was 49 for Alex Pereira, 41 for Izzy. So like both of these guys did not come to play. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They, they came to, to put it on. I guess all that ring time and cage time together, they built a familiarity. So there wasn't a lot of feeling out. <laughs> so, I mean, good fight. Where does Izzy go from here, Sean? Yeah. You know, there's a lot of different things that, that, that he can do. Um, Izzy's kind of cleaned out the division at this point. And uh, th- he's mm-hmm. already shot down the notion that, you know, Alex Pereira gets a, gets a rematch. Same thing with Dana White and Dana White saying that Alex should be moving up. I mean, if you saw, there's some video out there on the weight cut uh, during, you know, fight week and it didn't look good for Alex Pereira. It mm-hmm. just, mm-hmm. he looked really drawn out. I mean, you can see in some of the photos, he just, you know, his frame is just too big. Like he, he mm-hmm. you know, it, it probably would be smart to move up to 205, but who's, is he going to fight after this? You know, there's talks of, um, Drikas Duplessis, you know, talking and he causing some stir about, uh, they call him DDP, which is kind of funny. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, DDP is saying that he's more African than Israeli Adesanya. And, you know, I, I guess that's what weird, they're going to try flex, to use. Super know, weird flex. Super weird flex. You're going to use that to sell the fight. Uh, other than that, I mean, I, I really don't see Robert Whitaker getting a third fight. I think. Yeah, um, that's harsh. It's possibly going to be between, it's going to be a toss up between, um, you know, another Alex Pereira fight or uh, I would have to say the winner of, I don't know, maybe the winner of, is there any of Hamzad of Hamzad and, yeah, and, and, and Costa maybe, you know, <laughs> or maybe there's an eliminator where it's, you know, Whitaker versus uh, Whitaker versus Pereira. And then 
uh, or Whitaker versus that would be DDP. an interesting fight. You know, you know, I I, I like I like that yeah. Whitaker versus Pereira. That's a good. I fight. like that, Sean. I think that would be a, a great fight. I like I, I like that. I like yeah. that. I hope I hope even though maybe you're right, maybe Pereira Pereira's future is at two hundred five. But if he feels like he wants to stay at middleweight, I hope they let him do that. Agreed. Because I think there are still some compelling matchups that'll be exciting at middleweight. I want to see him against a grappler too, by the way. Let's, oh, that because there are some questions that yeah. need to be answered regarding that. Yeah. Will like well, how what would he do against someone who's great at takedowns? Does he have enough to fight that off? Dude, Alex that, Pereira versus Paulo Costa though, that would be fucking nuts. That'll be fire. I think that'll be fire. Come on. Well, let, let's let's go to the the co-main event, welterweight fight yeah. between Gilbert Burns, Jorge Masvidal. Gilbert Burns wins a unanimous decision. He was a minus 490 favorite going into this fight, Sean, yeah, while yeah. Jorge was a plus 390 underdog. Jorge losing the decision. He announces his retirement in the cage. Uh, how, how did you see this fight, Sean? Uh, and well, after you talk about that, we could do a little bit of a remembrance of Masvidal's career and favorite it's like, moments. It's like an obituary. No, I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I saw that. You know, Gilbert Burns looked real serious coming in. Jorge Masvidal, like he, he looked like he was having a great time walking in. And uh, once well, the fight, he's fighting in his hometown. <laughs> uh, once the fight started, uh, you know, that first round was actually pretty good for both fighters until Gilbert got the mm-hmm. takedown. It uh, looks like one of the judges even gave, if I had to guess which round that was given to him, I think it was probably the first round. But, yeah. you know, once Gilbert got the takedown, you know, it nullified everything George was doing. And uh, mm-hmm. there was also, I think in the second or third round where... Uh, Gilbert Burns was starting to land some punches. You know, George was covering up a little bit and you could, you could see like the, the shots were affecting him a lot more. And Gilbert Burns, uh, he was also doing some late takedowns in the round to kind of solidify him winning the, those rounds. So, you know, excellent fight by Gilbert Burns because he's super technical, uh, knew that yeah. he was probably going to have to use his grappling just in case, you know, George was going to pop off. But the size difference also kind of was, you know, it was a little bit weird on, on, you know, for me, but, you know, Gilbert Burns already threatening uh, that he would, you know, want to be released if he doesn't get a title shot next. I like that. I like that. Just show he's really serious. Really smart fight by Gilbert Burns. Full fight stats. Gilbert Burns total strikes landed 72 to Jorge Masvidal's 77. Yeah. Uh, and I think you're right. Like maybe Jorge landed like five more strikes than Gilbert Burns in the first round. But then once Gilbert Burns started uh, getting the takedowns and the control, that's where uh, it, the fight turned. Gilbert Burns landed four out of six takedown attempts. Yeah. Uh, significant strikes, 42 for Gilbert Burns, so 39 for Jorge Masvidal. Oh. Uh, yeah, so let's talk about, like, you know, so now he's retired. Favorite moment for Jorge Masvidal in your uh, memory, Sean? I think my favorite moment is probably when he gave the two piece in the soda to Leon Edwards, even though, you know, I like Leon Edwards. He's such a, mm. such a beast beating Usman twice. And, um, but it was pretty funny. Like, you know, mm-hmm. George Masvidal was just doing an interview and then, you know, Leon Edwards was kind of talking shit in the back and man, George just walked up and gave him some, uh, some love. 
So let's so, let's let's be clear here. Your favorite memory of Jorge Masvidal didn't happen in a in, sanctioned. In, in, in uh, fight, yeah. <laughs> it happened in like a hallway somewhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it uh, sanctioned here. I'm gonna say the jump knee on Ben Askren, yeah, and the yeah. opening opening uh, horn uh, that knocked him out and changed the trajectory. The trajectory of Ben Askren's career, yeah. and it actually changed Jorge's life. It turned him into a star. Yeah, that one, that one move. Uh, so, so like, hey, good luck, Jorge. I know he's got his own fight promotion down in Florida, Gamebred Fights, I guess it's called. Yeah, um, I think Game he's promoting boxing. boxing. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Gamebred Boxing. So, good luck. Uh, don't do douchebag shit, Jorge. <laughs> Like stop jumping your old opponents at restaurants, yeah, even yeah. though Don't do that. you all you all you fucking assholes deserve each other. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> any other fight yeah. on this card that you wanted to shout out, Sean? There were a lot of good fights yeah. in this card, but so have at it, whichever one you want. Let's so, go. I'm gonna give it up to. I'm gonna go white. I'm gonna give myself white belt because I predicted Adrian Yanez was going to beat Rob Font. Ooh, Entertaining fight yeah. for what it was worth. And yeah. Know. So let's re let's recap it real fast. Yeah. Rob Font wins performance of the night. He gets the knockout win in round one against Adrian Yanez, who was talking a bunch of shit. Yanez was talking to, like, this is at bantamweight. He was saying that he was claiming he's like the best striker at bantamweight. Yeah. In the entire division. He was, so he was talking mad shit and, and it turns out Rob Font, like sometimes those guys that are a little bit unorthodox are the hardest ones to kind yeah. of, uh, time. And so Rob Font was just different enough and just found the timing on Giannis and just, just cleaned them, cleaned them. Uh, Giannis was a minus 180 favorite too. Rob yeah. Font was a plus 155 underdog. So good call on that one. Good call. Yeah. And I felt I'm like, good. you know, what was crazy also was Adrian Yanez. He felt like he was fast tracked just a little bit. You know, this was probably the, mm. the highest caliber fighter that he's probably ever fought because Rob Fine, I think he's in the top 10. I think he's like number seven, maybe in the, in mm. the freaking. Mm. And Yanez is number 12. Yeah. The big step of a competition, breaking the top 10. And, you know, he found out the hard way. And did you see the fight, man? It, yes. it was like firefight from the beginning. And yeah, like, you, don't, just, you don't do that. Giannis was trying to show, yeah, and Giannis was trying to show like his slickness, and you you could see it. You could see like the head movement was sharp. Yeah, but just um, man, Rob just got just found him right that right hand, Oof, I believe. So that was it was nasty. good stuff. It was good stuff. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the opening fight on the main card, bantamweight, the young phenom Raul Rosas Jr. Uh, yeah. Christian versus Christian Rodriguez. Christian Rodriguez wins a unanimous decision after three rounds. Raul Rojas Jr. was the minus two twenty five favorite going into this. Christian Rodriguez was the plus one ninety oh, uh, nice. underdog. After the first, Raul Ro Rojas Jr. was just um, overwhelming Rodriguez in the first round with the grappling. But then, as it went into the second round, it just seemed like Rojas ran out of steam and Rodriguez started looking like the better grappler yeah. and then, in, um, and then it continued into the third round. So like Christian, good for him takes two out of the three rounds against Rosas jr. Who uh, suffered his first, the uh, defeat in his very, very young career. Um, only 18 years old. So obviously the future is bright if he's smart. Uh, what do you think, Sean? I think it was just another case of, you know, one of those Sage Northcutt fast track type things, you know, this, kids already fighting on a main card of a major pay-per-view 
And, you know, granted, he has a lot of hype behind him, but if you saw the fight, he didn't throw any punches. Like, I think there was like two punches that he landed even through the entire time. And, you know, he has, like I said, he has a lot of work to do in his hands. He has a lot of work to do in his grappling. You know, Christian Rodriguez is, you know, I think he was, I think he has some championship pedigree, maybe in another organization, or I think he, he came through the contender series, but, you know, Raul Rosas Jr., he's only 18 years old. You know, there, there is a promise in, in his skills, but I, you know, like I, I know that his dad, one of his dad, I think his dad's one of his trainers. And I, I know that he doesn't have a permanent camp anywhere. So it's like, they kind of have to figure that out. You know, like you can't really, I mean, you could take your losses. Yes. You could take your loss now. And, um, you know, this is not really going to hurt his trajectory, but there's a recipe out to beat you now. And if you don't evolve into, you know, a mixed martial artist, then it's going to be, you got to be able to win everywhere. Yeah. You got to be able to compete in all aspects. It seemed to me that Rosas is so used to being able to out hustle all of his opponents, use that youth, that athleticism, that, that endless, that seemingly endless gas tank to just overwhelm his opponents that when he didn't sub Christian Rodriguez in the first round, it's like, he didn't really have anything left for the other rounds. So you got to learn how to, to pace that. So that's a pretty good call there, Sean. Uh, let's talk briefly a little bit about the headlining fight of the prelims at middleweight. It got awarded fight of the night. Oh, man. rightfully so. Chris Curtis versus Kelvin Gastelum. Kelvin Gastelum wins a three round unanimous decision in a freaking barn burner. This was a good fight, Sean. What'd you think? I thought Kelvin, Kelvin still got it. I, I, yeah. Man, I, I was going to, I was writing him off, but he's, he still got it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt no, you, no, Sean, he, go ahead. It kind of reminded me of the, the Kelvin that won the ultimate fire, the Kelvin that fought Israel mm-hmm. Adesanya for the interim title. So. He looked spry. He looked bouncy. Yeah. Confident. And then there was also and, that know, a little Curtis bit of, still got it. a little bit of controversy with the headbutt. I think, you know, it's kind of the tides turned a little bit after that, but for yeah, the most accidental part, headbutt. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part, Kelvin looked amazing and you know, his body kind of doesn't look like he's been putting in the work, but man, he's one of the best in the world for a reason. And, uh, I, I can't wait to see what's next. You know, we, we didn't even talk about him, uh, regarding like the middleweight title run. So, you know, Kelvin yeah. could be fighting. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one that um, kind of gave Izzy hell a five round fight. Remember that fight where mm-hmm. uh, it was like two, two going into the fifth and mm-hmm. uh, Izzy pulled it off. And, you know, if it was any other night, you know, Kelvin could have been an interim champion right there. Uh, Let's just go with quick numbers on that fight. Uh, total strikes landed by Chris Curtis, 80. Uh, Kelvin Gastelum lands 88. Wow, 83 close. of those were significant strikes, while Curtis landed 70 significant strikes. Um, and they were just right in the pocket with each other. In the news, I, I, I didn't mention this earlier because I thought we would talk about it. Now, Chris Curtis is actually appealing uh, to the Florida State Athletic Commission to turn this uh uh, fight into a no contest due to that accidental headbutt, John. Um, so we'll keep our eyes on it. it. It would take a lot for an athletic commission to go back and uh, reverse a decision like this, but we'll see because I mean, we're talking, like you said, you know, there might be future title implications based on the results of this fight. So we'll see um, with that. Any other fight on this card, 
you wanted to uh, yeah. shout out? You know, I didn't get to watch uh, the Luana uh, Pinero versus Michelle Watterson fight, but I did hear that, you know, people are saying that Michelle Watterson probably should have won that fight. I don't know. I didn't get to watch that one. I think there's a power differential. Like Michelle Watterson Gomez looked very busy. She's super fast. Yeah. Whereas whenever Leon, Luana Pinero landed things, it just looked more looked devastating. Worse, yeah. So, so, so sometimes those things will happen. So, I, I mean, I might rewatch that just out yeah, of curiosity. In other, in other news, there was another, there was a woman's strawweight fight between Cynthia Calvillo versus Lupi Godinez. Uh, yeah. Lupi Godinez wins a split decision and Cynthia Calvillo gets let go. Uh, from oh, the UFC yeah. because of this loss. So there's like implications for these things. That's why these fighters are so emotional. Sometimes their jobs are on the fucking line and that's how it goes with UFC 287. So um, I'm going to give myself, um, I'm just going to maintain my rank. I think <laughs> I predicted that Izzy would win the main event, but I thought he would win by decision. I didn't know he'd win by knockout, but shit, man, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> um, Let's go on and just kind of re quickly look at uh, last week's PFL where you had the uh, female featherweight division and also the men's heavyweight division at the beginning of their season. Uh, Larissa Pacheco uh, wins her fight against Julia Budd. Yeah. Um, so so she, she makes her first step into becoming uh I think the PFL's first two div two weight division champ. You remember last season she was yeah. a one fifty five champ. She is going for one forty five uh, for this season. Uh, interesting uh, fight statistics. Um, uh, Don't tell me Julia Budd fucking outstruck Larissa Pacheco. Yeah, I mean it's kind of interesting because when the um, when you look at the the strikes landed, Julia Budd landed eighty to Larissa Pacheco's seventy one. I actually, um, thought, I actually thought Julia Budd kind of should have won that fight. She was kind of handling Larissa Pacheco. Pacheco got, I think she was getting tired or like maybe the weight cut. Mm -hmm. But Julia could Budd, be the weight cut. She came in shape. Like, dude, it was, it was a pretty good fight. I mean, I, it was kind yeah, of boring. Yeah, it's but. very interesting. Like, yeah, but you know, like you, you, you may have a point there, Sean, because Julia Budd on the ground landed 51 ground strikes to Larissa's uh, 31. Yeah. Uh, when you talk about leg strikes landed, Julia Budd, 10 to Larissa Pacheco's eight. Um, arm strikes landed, though, Pache Larissa Pacheco had 32 to Julia Budd's 19. So it's it's kind of interesting how that, that went. Um, but them's, that's how it goes. If you're interested in the, the smart cage uh, technology, Larissa Pacheco's top strike speed that night was 25.6 miles per hour yeah. or Julia Bud's was 21.4. God, these things are so cool, man. So, um, so that, that was uh, Pacheco versus Bud from last weekend's PFL. And there's going to be another PFL this week and we'll cover that yeah. later on. Any other fight on this PFL that you wanted to yeah. shout out, Sean? Yeah. Shout out to uh, your old training buddy, uh, Amber LeBrock. Oh Dude, yeah, she beat uh, Vindrova. Yeah, yes, absolutely. Dude, that made, knockout. Uh, that should made those rounds on social media. It was good. Dude, clean it, head those kick. highlight stuff. Yes, good. And I'm happy for uh, Amber because um, you know she came into her MMA career being mostly more of a, a kind of a uh, more of a scrappy type of striker. Yeah. Um, 
and now she's really cleaned up her strikes, working it really clean on, on a legit opponent in Jindrova. So congratulations to Amber uh, working her way up to the next bracket at the women's featherweight. So good shit, Amber. All right. Um, before we go on to this weekend's fight, Sean, let's just quickly uh, just go over some of the results from last Friday's one Friday fights. Yeah. Um, uh, flyweight Muay Thai uh, for uh, I mean event uh, Petsukunvit versus Kongtharani unanimous unanimous decision win for Petsukunvit and uh, some of these names are amazing dude like there's this dude named Sunvu Tidid 99 he's got numbers in his name Tidid 99 that's I guess the name of his gym uh, uh, fought, uh, does that Pet mean Lampoon. you have to say something when there's a 99 isn't it Macau or something Ma- I, dude, some I, of those, I couldn't even tell you. Some of those guys, like, like the Kit Macau gym or something, it's K I A T, and then there's like a M O O, and then a nine nine or some shit. It's like oh man, I, is this, maybe this is shit I should look into. But anyway, know, right? so yeah, that was last. That was last Friday. Um, no one Friday fights this Friday. Oh really? Uh, so yeah, nothing That's a first. Listed. So you, you get to take a break, I guess, until May. <laughs> <laughs> shit, dude, they were they so, went on for a while, dude. It's good. Maybe they're running out of ties to throw in there. No, never. <laughs> <laughs> There's armies of those kids. Uh, but let's let's go ahead and look forward to this weekend, uh, this Saturday, uh, UFC Fight Night, taking place at the T-Mobile Center in Kansas City. Ooh. Headlined by uh, featherweights Ooh. Max Holloway, former champ, versus upcoming number four ranked Arnold Allen. Max Holloway opening as a minus 155 favorite. Arnold Allen, a plus 135 underdog. How do you see this fight unfolding, Sean? Man, you know, I've been a huge fan of Max Holloway ever since he came to the UFC. And I'm going to stand by my dude. Even though uh, I just watched the Arnold Allen versus, um, what's the Australian dude's name? Fuck, I forgot his name already. Anyway. You know, I do see some holes in Arnold Allen's striking game. Uh, it's really going to depend on, because I know that Arnold Allen's wrestling is really good. We we probably have to see if he can even get Max Holloway down. You know, people have forgotten about Max Holloway and how good his striking and how good of a champ he was. I think he just looks so uh, beatable in those Alex Volkanovsky fights. Uh, you know, they forgot that, you know, this this is the guy that, will probably go to the UFC Hall of Fame uh, later in his career, even though he's super duper young. So I think Max Holloway's problem is striking. I think it's going to be the factor here. Uh, mm-hmm. Leg kicks will play uh, huge dividends, I think. Calf kicks, uh, especially if Arnold Allen's going to want to be shooting. So I think Max Holloway wins a unanimous decision. I don't think he finishes him or anything like that. But uh, I think Max takes it uh, unanimous. I like that call, Sean. Let's talk about the striking numbers landed per minute in his career. Max Holloway is at a incredible 7.24 strikes landed per minute in his career. So I feel like, and Arnold Allen's at 3.4, which isn't terrible, but I think this is going to be one of those things where you're talking volume versus accuracy. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it terms, if you were talking about Arnold Allen's defense, it's pretty good. Only like a, uh, 
2.25 absorbed significant strikes per minute, whereas Max Holloway, 4.89. So he leaves openings. Arnold Allen's defense is at a 67% rate. Whereas Max Holloway is at 59%. I think it's going to be decided in the, in the striking because even though Arnold Allen may have takedowns, his takedown accuracy is only at 50%. Whereas Max Holloway's takedown defense rate is at 84%. I think this fight stays on the feet. And I think Max Holloway has enough where he's going to go ahead and outpoint on the, in the striking, then the boxing range here. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to say Max Holloway as well by unanimous decision. I can't, I can't argue with you, buddy. Yeah. Can't argue with that. And the nice. Colleen event uh, at featherweight, uh, exciting striker, Edson Barbosa, my guy <sighs> who has one of the most cool highlight reel knockouts with a spinning heel kick in all of MMA. Edson Barbosa versus Billy Quarant- Quarantillo. Excuse me. Whew. Sorry, Billy. Mm. <laughs> um, they haven't released the odds on this one yet, but this is going to be fought at 145. What do you think uh, in terms of this fight here, Sean? Who do you got? Ooh, I think um, I'm going to go with Billy Q. I think Billy Q stops Edson and then you know the deal. Edson retires. <laughs> Everyone's <laughs> retiring. You might have something there. Can we, can we throw some numbers at you? Yeah. When you talk about significant strikes, we were just like in awe of Max Holloway's numbers. Billy Q at for significant strikes lands 7.8 per minute. My God. That's incredible. Edson Barbosa is not bad as in 3.96. Um, it's all power though. But we're not talking about two guys. Yes. And that's his problem. Edson Barbosa always like throws his kicks with everything he has and then gases. And whenever punch, uh, fights go into the punching range with Edson Barbosa, he's shown that he struggles in that range, in the punching range. We talk about uh, defense. Billy Q absorbs 5.72 significant strikes per minute, while Edson Barbosa absorbs 4.1. So both of these guys are putting themselves up in a situation where, where they could get hurt. Yeah. Uh, interestingly enough, Barbosa has a higher defensive rating at 58%, whereas Billy Q is at 40%. Uh, I think this stays on the feet as well. I'm going to go with Edson Barbosa though, just because the absorbed per minute of for Billy Q at 5.72, you've absorbed enough from Barbosa. You're asking to get hurt. So let's bet on it. Yeah. I'm going to go with Edson Barbosa. Let's go. uh, We'll bet a a tequila on it. There you go. Any other fights on this card you wanted (laughs) to, to shout out? I'm going to, I'm going to make fun of you in a second. If you don't, if you don't (laughs) shout out this one, but go ahead. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna make fun of you if, if you don't make if, if you don't shout out this one particular fight I'm looking at. I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> you no, know, you 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 make a choice first. I'm I'm I'm, right, I'm curious so, if you're gonna call out the fight that I'm thinking. Uh, let me see. No, don't, don't 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 change your mind just because you're trying to prove me wrong. Just shout out. The okay. Okay. Fight go, here we go. Here we go. I'm really excited for this Nicola, uh Mateus Nicolo versus uh, Brandon the Filipino Royvo. Oh, Brandon Royval still yeah, doing the thing. Still doing. Good for him. How dare you put him on the freaking prelims? Come on now. Um, that wasn't the fight I was at. I was thinking in mind though. But anyway, You're talking about a dime piece fight. <laughs> uh, no, I wasn't talking about that one either. Okay, so I guess there I don't know no you as well as I thought. <laughs> <laughs> no, the fight I was I was gonna. I thought that you were gonna 
uh, talk about was the light heavyweight bout. Dustin That's Jacoby Jacobi. is fighting somebody named Azamat Mirzakhanov. <laughs> and if you guys have been listening long enough, when you have a name that sounds gonna, like Mirzakhanov, Sean, Sean has like a huge erection for fighters for with Russians. names like Nurmagomedov, Mirzakhanov, Megadev, anything like that, Chimaev. Sean has like huge erections for friends like with the names like that. So anyway, yes, yeah, so I'm going to use the, yeah. uh, the medically correct term. <laughs> Everything for Russians. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, so it should be exciting one guys, uh, hit us up on our social media. Yeah. If there's any fights in ah, particular dude. that you, you want to tell us to win. Gaston Bellano which makes his UFC debut against Aaron Phillips, dude. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. You know what's fucked up though? On the UFC website, they haven't even put Got up a picture, a picture of Gaston. They, there's no picture of Gaston oh, up there. they'll do it when he gets to the <laughs> PI or something. But they should get it. Like, you know what's weird? Like, come on. UFC is now a billion dollar company. They should already Send have a, a picture up. Come on. Get your there. shit together, bro. You know what's get crazy? Shit together. So Aaron Phillips trains with... Um, What's that dude's name? Danger Caged. What's his name? Ah, I don't know. <laughs> that's his Instagram handle, but he's, he's in the UFC and he's an old training partner of Gaston Bolaños, SCSA. So it's weird how they're fighting. Here's what's weird too. It's like billion dollar company UFC, but they have no stats on Gaston. I know dude. He was a fucking Bellator like, fighter. Like what's they had on, like, guys? okay. Like they have, they have none of his record. They have none of his significant strike stats. They have none of his grappling stats. Pretty he, weak. He Get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, but the, he's struck and they have nothing on his significant strikes. Like if you were to believe the UFC website right now, you would think that 100% of Gaston's wins are by KO or TKO. Yeah. Well, maybe they are. I don't know. But, <laughs> like, but they have, z- like, yeah, it's like all spinning elbow and all left kick or something. But like, but it also shows like zero significant strikes landed, zero uh, significant strikes absorbed. <laughs> Come on, UFC, give some love to our guy. So, what well, good luck? Okay, that's a big step up. So that's this uh, this Saturday. Yeah. Also, uh, this uh, Friday, PFL, uh, the beginning of the Walter Weight season. Okay, and the lightweight season. So this uh, Friday, uh, PFL is headlined by Sabadu Sai versus Al Salawi. Uh, who do you got for this one, uh, Sean? I'm going Sabadu. Sabadu Sai. Dude, Sabadu Sai is a fucking G. He's a beast. I mean, I, and also just the name, Sabadu Sai. Yeah, that's a cool name. <laughs> it, is, it is a fucking cool name. Yeah. <laughs> and if you look about like Sabadu Sai, his... Uh, his total records 13 6 and 2 with one no contest he was a 2018 PFL middleweight semifinalist uh, 2019 PFL welterweight quarterfinalist Damn. 2021 PFL welterweight quarter quarterfinalist quarterfinalist excuse me um he's like you know six of his eight wins can't come by knockout so i mean this guy is like a legit legit stuff and it's just one of those things that you know i think al uh al salawi is just gonna have a little bit of a hard time but i mean no al jara al salawi is not a chump he's 18 for 18 for um uh you know and just like uh i mean but i think you know the way they bracket these 
tournament yeah, style like, fights. It's just it's like you know they it. want the yeah they want the like, you know the high seed against the low seed because yeah. they're, they're you know it's just how it is. So I think Sabudu Sai is going to do some work on Friday. Any other fights on this PFL? card you're looking forward to yeah looking forward to the magomed, magomed karimov i think he was in the finals or yeah i knew it i knew it I, right yes yeah, I when he, i saw the, uh, the name thing. magomed karimov when, when i saw the name magomed karimov i was like oh sean's gonna love this <laughs> yeah dude. sorry oh, i was yeah. talking over you but no anyway, no no that's but, that's good yeah i mean other than but, that uh, dude there's a uh, shane burgos ufc vet Versus Oliver Arbin Marcier. That's a good fight. To, uh, there you go. UFC, two UFC vets. But other yeah. than that, I mean, it's, I don't even know half the people on this card. Guys, check it out on, e, uh, if you have the ESPN Plus app, you could watch all this PF, all the PFLs. And what's great about PFL, they give you the fight stats. And again, they have the, 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 um, that inside the cage, the inside glove technology, they measure like fight speed and um, I'm, I'm sorry, striking speed. Um, so it's, it's really cool stuff. So that is what we're dealing with this week, UFC fight night and PFL. Again, if you like our picks or if uh, you have a different take on some of these matchups, um, hit us up on our social media. Let us know what you think guys. Hey. What's the rest of your week look like, Sean? Uh, rest of the week is just catching up on work, and then this weekend watch these fights, and Dang, that's okay. about it. How about you? Look at you! No, that's it. Oh, shout out in news for local news. Uh, shout out to uh, uh, KOA Gym in Newark. They're going to be hosting um, amateur Muay Thai fights this Saturday. Oh wow! Uh, fights start at uh, one thirty. It's going to, uh, so, so I, uh, I know some people that are going to be on that card. So support local Muay Thai folks. Thanks. So this weekend, this Saturday. Yeah. That's going to do it for us guys. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Don't forget to like the podcast and don't forget to share the episodes. Uh, don't forget to follow us on our social media. Mine is Sean underscore P underscore and yours, Carlo. I am at Hopkey one on Instagram. Don't forget the fights for this weekend, UFC and PFL. Uh, don't forget to check out Magal Jiu-Jitsu out there in San Francisco, uh, Fight Culture in Daily City, and Henri Movement in Hercules. I'm at Hapkido USA in the Sunset District here. We're with Kohjado Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We also have our Golden Pizza Muay Thai team. And also, please give love to our friends in Oakland at Pacific Ring Sports. And also Sama Martial Arts in Penol. Hey, shout out to my dude, Anthony Lucas out of Anthony's Cookies, man. I see you doing your thing. Yeah, keep your pants on, Sean. <laughs> I just want free cookies, bro. Okay. Hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with cookies. Don't forget about the fights, guys. Don't forget to bet on the fights, draft games, or whatever. Just